Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. All the commandments. Somebody say all the commandments. All the commandments which I command thee this day shall ye observe to do. That ye may, everybody say live. And multiply. And go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee and to know what was in thine heart. Whether thou wouldest keep His commandments or not. And He humbled thee and suffered thee to hunger, and fed thee with manna, which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that he might make thee know that man doth not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, or the Lord, doth man live. Verse number 16, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not, that he might humble thee, that he might prove thee, to do thee good at the latter end. At the latter end. And thou say in thine heart, my power and the might of my hands hath gotten me this wealth. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God For it is He, somebody say He, that giveth power, giveth thee power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant which He swear unto thy fathers, and it is written as it is this day. And it shall be if thou do at all forget the Lord thy God and walk after other gods and serve them and worship them. I testify against you this day. Ye shall surely perish. As the nations which the Lord destroyeth before your face, so shall ye perish. Because ye would not be obedient unto the voice of the Lord your God. Wow, what a powerful, a powerful admonition to the children of Israel on this occasion. If you're going to help me tonight, I want to teach to you learning to survive the wilderness. Learning to survive the wilderness. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you and I'm asking right now that you would anoint your servant. Lord, I have been captivated by your word on this day and God, I'm asking that you would help me Give the revelatory truths of your word. Let the seed, as in the hand of the sower, Lord, let it cast seed into good ground. And Lord, let it bring forth fruit not many days hence. 
It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Everybody say amen. You may be seated. The book of Deuteronomy is uh, an interesting book because it is, or it can be described as Moses' farewell address to the children of Israel. He is getting ready to transition. He is getting ready to transition leadership unto the hands of Joshua. He is speaking to a generation of people that are about to go in and possess the land. Their, their predecessors or their parents would not make the journey. At the giving time of this, of this scripture, history would record to us that under the sound of Moses' voice, no one over the age of 59 years old was even in attendance because they had done had funerals of all of their parents. Anyone over 20 had to die and they would not go into the promised land. So everyone 19 and under, they were the ones hearing this command after 40 years, fast forward 40 years in the wilderness. Some historians say some 3 million funerals took place. Forty years they wandered in that wilderness, trampling over grounds where uh, dead bodies had been buried and reminders of what murmuring and complaining would produce, yet still holding on to a promise that God was going to give them a promised land. The text that I read tonight was one of those admonitions. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character, the New Living Translation says, and to find out whether or not you would really obey His commands. When I look at the word wilderness, we've all faced wildernesses in our own life. They come in different shapes and forms and fashions. But wilderness is defined as a desert place. A place uncultivated or lived in. A state of disorder. Wilderness are places. Are places of difficulties. Pressures. Insufficient resources. Oppositions. Those things may resonate with you tonight. To best describe what a wilderness is. Many of you tonight, you may be walking what you would call through a wilderness. And one of the questions that most ask in the church when they walk through a wilderness is why? In one of our songs that we sing, we wonder why the test when we try to do our best. We ask why. Why is this happening to me? Why have I been chosen to go through what I'm going through? Why did God do this? And why did God not do that? Has anybody ever lived in that, in that season of life? Some of you just recently have walked through this. It's asked when bad things happen to good people. We ask those things. It happens when, when you've done all that you could do. You put forth your best effort, but only to, only to yield the results that are less than satisfactory. It is asked when expected success and expected promotion is delayed. It is asked when the wicked prosper 
while the righteous struggle. We ask those questions. Why? We wonder why the test, as the song would say, when we try to do our best. It seems like it's human nature. We tend to deal with difficulties better if we understand that the wilderness or the testing that we endure, that we make it through, or that we're struggling to make it through, serves a purpose. If I knew there was going to be a purpose and I had a fresh understanding what that purpose was, maybe I could hang on just a little while longer. Maybe I could just push just a little bit harder. Uh, But we must understand tonight that we know that the trials of our faith uh, are not pointless. They are not pointless. It's not like an arrow in the hand of a marksman uh, that does not have a target. It does not have a a, a meaning. But but what I want to tell us tonight that the trials uh, and the wildernesses of our faith uh, are not pointless. Uh, It makes going through the wilderness bearable when we know and understand that all things work together for the good. If you believe that, Shout amen. I know where I'm at right now is going to work, Brother Edwin, for my good. I may not understand it. I don't know why. I I, I plagued myself with the wonderings. Why? Why this? Why didn't this happen? Why did that take place? Why didn't you heal? Why did you do that? I, I, I don't have all the answers to all of our questions. Some of them are reserved for the great by and by. But when I get an understanding and I get a revelation that God has a way of causing everything. Somebody say everything. Everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. With that assurance, I believe I can make it one more day. With that assurance, I can stay in the ring of life one more round. Hallelujah. I was talking to a great friend today, and I hope I get the wordage of this right. He said, you can quit, or you can keep going, but they both hurt. You can quit, or you can keep going, but they both hurt. You just got to make up in your mind. What do you want? What, what does the outcome you, if you quit, you're going to miss what God has ahead of you and it's going to hurt. Or you can keep, just keep walking, putting one foot in front of the other, making it one moment. If I can just make it one moment, if I can make it one hour, some of you are just doing good enough to make it through one hour of the day because it seems like everything has all happened at one time. Let me just encourage you on this Wednesday, keep going. It may hurt, but keep going. There's a reward. There's a reward for those that doesn't quit. Woo. When I look at the wilderness experiences, when I read Deuteronomy 8, and when I look at our lives, the purpose of every wilderness experience is to reveal what we understand and to reveal what we don't understand. And in the process, God reveals to us lessons that we will learn. So, 
In Deuteronomy 8, why did God choose the wilderness? God chose it. The Bible said that thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness. Why do we go through wilderness experiences in this life? We're not wandering uh, in a proverbial natural wilderness like they did uh, going from Egypt to the promised land. But why do we do it? It's very similar. There's similitudes. Why in the wilderness? Number one, it's to humble you. When you're going through a wilderness and you don't have all the answers, you don't know the, the next phase of, of where God's leading you or taking you, it'll make you really humble yourself. Wildernesses prove your character. They teach you, as the Scripture has said, you need more than bread. I said you need more than bread. You need a word from the Lord. You need that word that can only come from God. That rhema word that will speak right in the middle of your dilemma and speak life into you. When you're in a wilderness, you need a word. You need more than bread. When you're in a wilderness, why the wilderness? Those wilderness experiences discipline us for maturity. I've never come through a wilderness season. I've never come through a season of the unknown without it maturing me and causing self-control. Sometimes God's allow wildernesses to come in our lives just to, hey, you've got to take your hands off of it. You can't do We want to control everything ourselves, but God's trying to teach us maturity through the process. And when you're in a wilderness, you may ask why. It is to reveal to us that whatever we achieve in this life, it is not our own strength that made us prosper. I don't care how good you hear me say it. These things kind of come out of me because it's in the, in the fabric of my heart and spirit. I don't care how good you get. How successful we become. It's God who's causing us to be successful. It's not what I can do in and of myself. It is of the Lord we are not consumed. You want to realize how fragile life is? I don't want to give you too many instances, but just have one health setback. Just one health setback. One unexpected, unexpected visit to the doctor and get a report. My God, I didn't... What? We've all been, things have happened and things we don't understand. But at the end of the day, whatever we accomplish in life, there ought to be a thank you on the other side. Just out of our lips, God, I'm where I am. I am what I am because of you. Hallelujah. That's what happens in wilderness situations and why wilderness circumstances happen. It's to reveal to us that it was not our own strength that made us prosper. So, the wilderness experience occurs. The wilderness experience occurs. I want to help somebody here. Some of you right now wonder. You're, you're in almost in a state of misery right now. The wilderness experience occurs. 
so you don't forget God. God, God, let me say it like this, God loves us too much to allow us to forget Him. So He allows a wilderness experience, a wilderness season, so that we don't forget Him. But a wilderness experience also comes along that teaches us to trust in Him. I've got to, I've got to trust in Him. So wildernesses come and wildernesses go, but we've got to learn how to survive. And the survival depends, am I going to trust Him? Because if not, that wilderness is going to be perpetual. You're going to keep going around the same. But when I get to that revelation, I can trust Him in all things. I will not forget you, O oh God. By going through the wilderness, our faith in Him grows stronger. I trust Him. My faith in Him grows stronger. And here's what I love. And there, there are many in this room right now that can testify. Those of you that have been through a wilderness experience. You've got a platform to minister from. To help somebody around you. Don't think what you've been through is just an accident. Don't think what you've been through is just happenstance. But when you go through those wilderness experiences, uh, you're creating a platform from which you will minister from uh, and to help someone. How many saw the crowd that we had in here on Sunday? You don't know who's going to walk in those back doors this upcoming Sunday. You don't know who's going to sit beside you in that seat or, or come in and that's totally distraught and living a life that if you heard their testimony, it would almost be like your life being replayed before you. And what they need is not a finger of condemnation and judgment, but what they need is a man or a woman, a boy or a girl that would stand in the midst of their distress and they're in their own personal wilderness and say I know where you've been I know what you've been through I've been through but let me tell you about my God if you can just hang on you're going to have a testimony you're going to have a platform look at me I was where you were I experienced what you experienced but I made it I'm here that's what we're that's what it's all about creating a platform of ministry I'm not seeing getting behind a, a, a pulpit or a microphone what about a Bible study chart what about sitting in a living room and teaching somebody and hearing their story and you're on the other side of the chart tonight you're on the other side of the chart now and you've got a testimony this is what happened for me? And if it happened for me, it'll happen for you. So, let me just tell you how God uses the wilderness. You want to identify if you're, God allows and sends a wilderness into our life and how God tests us. He allows us to lack. It allows things to happen in our life that, Lord, I don't know how things, I don't know how all the bills are going to get paid. I don't know how all the, uh, 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 and a lack 
L-A-C-K comes into our life and we don't understand. We're asking why. But because of God allowing a lack in our life, God on the other hand supplies our need in a manner where we're not familiar. Abraham went up that mountain to offer Isaac as a sacrifice. But what he didn't understand in the very beginning, I don't believe he understood it in its full fulfillment. But God already had an unfamiliar resource already prepared. And already, you know, he just had to open his eyes up and see that realm in the bush. God has a way in our wilderness experiences to allow lack to come in our life. But on the other hand, he has a supply to our need in a manner that we're not familiar with. Now, it may cause us to do some unfamiliar things ourselves. It may stretch us. It, it, it may mean, hey, I've I got to work a little extra, but the door open for me to work a little overtime. It may, it, it may hey, hey I, this opportunity for a second job opened up, but, but it was the Lord who opened that door, and it's not conflicting with my spirit, man. It's not con- Somebody get a witness right here. God has a way of opening doors and supplying the needs that are not familiar to us, to reveal to us. Even in the wilderness, God is there. In the wilderness, I've learned this so many times, He allows us to be dependent on Him. When you're in a wilderness, that test... That experience, I could word it out so many ways. When you're in the wilderness, you've got to be dependent on God. When's the last time you've been in a situation where if it had not been for the Lord that was on your side, I don't know how it was going. I don't know how it worked out. But you know what happened? Let me tell you how it worked out. In the middle of your wilderness experience, you became dependent on God. And you were praying sincere prayers like, God, I don't care what you got to do. I open myself up for the will of God. My strength, my success, everything I am, anything I do, I'm dependent on you. We used to sing that song, I'm depending on you. I'm depending on you to see me through. That's what has to happen in the wilderness experiences. we got to be dependent on Him. Because I'm going to tell you what, God will put you in some wilderness where you will get stressed. When you're not dependent on Him, and you're not looking, looking through the lens of faith and understanding of trust in Him, stress will come. I've even seen it where pain, God allows pain to come. So He can get your attention and redirect you in your wilderness experience. God is more interested in our character than He is our comfort. God will attack our lack or will allow lack. He will allow us to be stressed. He will allow us to suffer pain. Because he's more interested on what's going to be the outcome more than our comfort. 
more than, you know, I, I'm just living this comfortable. Sometimes God just begins to pluck that nest. He begins to pluck. Uh-uh, you got to get out. You, you got to get out of your comfort zone. You were called and destined for more than what you're doing right now. So he begins to pull one at a time, at one twig at a time, until you're out of that nest and you're operating in the character that God's called you into. One thing I've learned about wildernesses, man cannot see his weaknesses until circumstances reveal it. I'm going to say that again. Man cannot see his weaknesses until circumstances reveal it. I've learned rock bottom teaches us greater lessons than Mount Everest experiences. Rock bottom teaches you a much better lesson about life. A wilderness that has a rock bottom to it will teach you a greater lesson than those up here. One thing else that, well, I know none, no, nobody in here uh, would find yourself in this, but impatience is revealed when something hinders our progress. When you feel like you should be here, and you're here. You're here right now. But you feel like you should be here. We get impatient. We're in the middle of the wilderness here, wanting to be there. And God says, I'm still working on you. I'm still shaping. I'm still working. I'm working the rough edges out. you got to trust me. Don't get impatient. Don't make an a, a, a irrational decision. Because of impatience. You're in a wilderness. Pride. Somebody say pride. Pride is revealed when we are forced to do something menial. Well, I'm better than that. I don't feel like I should be. I don't feel like I should have to do that. What if God's teaching you? In this season of life. What if God's trying to teach you in this wilderness? I want you to be a servant. I want you to learn something in this wilderness. Don't let pride stop you from being developed in this season. He may ask you to do something so menial. I don't know what that would be. But don't let pride. If God drops something in your spirit to do. But I'm, that's so menial. Nobody will ever know. That's what God's wanting you to do. Something nobody will ever know. Last but not least, stubbornness is revealed when we are forced to do something that we do not desire. You'll find out how stubborn somebody is when God asks, I really don't want to do that. I really don't want to forgive that person. I really don't want to go to church with them. I really don't. I really, my God, we got 410 seats in here. We can't have a church that big. You're stubborn. Yeah, we can. We're going to have a church that big. Why? Because if there's almost 15,000 people in this city, 50, almost 15,000. 
There needs to be a church in this city reaching and pulling, being a lighthouse. But God may, God may ask you to teach a Bible study to somebody you really don't like. God may ask you to start a bus route and you really don't want to start a... Man, I... God may ask you to teach Sunday school and you thought teaching Sunday school days were over. God may ask you to be a greeter, an usher. God may move upon your heart to get involved like you never got involved again. But I really don't want to. Don't be stubborn in a wilderness experience. It will be revealed. But God's trying to get you into a place so that we can be used by Him. Our lack of faith. God began to dump and pour in as I begin to, to, to study and look at this portion of Scripture. Our lack of faith is revealed when we are required to do more than what we are able. I'm going to say that again. Our lack of faith is revealed when we are required to do more than we are able. Oh, I just don't know if I can afford to pay tithes this month. You can't afford not to pay tithes. Your lack of faith will be revealed where our trust is. But when we have faith in God, that He's going to, He's going to supernaturally supply our needs. But I'm in a wilderness, Pastor. I trust in Him. I said trust in Him. His Word cannot lie. I've got to, our lack of faith is revealed when we are required to do more than what we're able. I, I, I just got to trust Him. I'll say it like this. Idolatry is revealed when we are required to sacrifice those things that matter to us. Idolatry is revealed. Well, I, I, I don't serve an idol. Really? Anything you put before our God is an idol. If there's anything I'm not willing to sacrifice that would put me in a situation where I choose it over Him, it becomes an idol. Well, I don't know if I can, I don't know if I can submit to God I really don't know if I can really sell out to Really? I don't want anything to get between me and God and become an idol. I'll say it. Let me say it like this. Immaturity is revealed when we can't have it our way. You're in a wilderness. God, I want it my way. I want you to do right now. And God says, hold up, buddy. The timing's not right. You're not ready. Your immaturity will reveal itself when we try to get ahead of God. Self-will, somebody say self-will, is revealed when we are required to do something against our own personal ambitions. We'll realize how selfish I am. I ain't doing it. I'm not going to do that. Okay. Your selfishness is revealed in a wilderness 
when we're required to do something. Well, it'll inconvenience me. I don't have time. I, I, I don't want to do... God will reveal ourselves. We're all selfish. Let's just get real. We're, there's an element in us that every one of us are selfish. But it's revealed when we're required to do something against our personal ambition. Self-centeredness kind of goes hand in hand is revealed when we are forced to serve others. I read this this past weekend. You, I, I sent it to, to some of you as I was reading it. If you knew you had one day left to live, what would you do? If you had one day to live, and that, that's all you had was one day to live, what would you do? Go on a trip? Go to your favorite restaurant? Uh, witness to somebody? What would you do? You know what Jesus did? He washed feet. He got out on one knee and he began to wash his disciples' feet. It was his last day. He was quickly approaching that moment of crucifixion, paying the penalty. The paying the price for our sin. But he chose to serve others. He could have called legions of angels. He could have walked away from his purpose. But in his own personal wilderness, he refused to be self-centered. Matthew 12.35 says, A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure, bringeth forth evil things. Think about that. If you're going to be a good man, you're going to be a good woman, out of the good treasure of the heart, bringeth forth good things. So a good man's going to have a good treasure. It's going to bring forth good things. But on the opposite end of the spectrum, an evil man, out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. It didn't say you could be both at the same time. We're one or the other. Good or evil. It's we decide what type of person we're going to be. And the wilderness experience reveals that many, many, many times. Wilderness experiences are inevitable. We're all going to have them. They come in different shapes and forms and sizes. They're continual. I wish I could say, after this wilderness experience, you would never have another one, but I can't. It's continual. Why? Because they're necessary. They're necessary to remind us our need of Him. They're necessary to remind us of our dependence upon Him. They're necessary, but they're also productive. Did you know an airplane cannot fly without resistance? If an airplane doesn't have resistance, it can't get off the ground. A wilderness may look like it doesn't serve a purpose, but you've got to have some resistance for you to be productive. You've got to have some resistance for you to get off the ground. Your wilderness will be productive if you don't abandon, if you don't quit. I've learned that 
wilderness becomes so influential in our lives. When you allow a wilderness to have its perfect work in you, and when you walk through that wilderness, it becomes influential. We've got to quit being scared or intimidated by not sharing what God's done for us in our lives. Because you're, you're limiting the influence that you have with people. They're looking, and, I, and I've already alluded to it, they're looking for hope. They're looking for somebody to be real. They're looking for somebody that doesn't have a mask on, but that is maskless. And can walk in and say, you know what, let me share with you what God's done. And you allow your wildernesses to produce an influential moment in your life so you can be used by God and that wilderness has been crafted by Him. It's been designed by Him. The dangers, church, the dangers of wildernesses. i got to warn, because we're talking about surviving the wilderness. The dangers of wildernesses. And this applies to every one of us in this room. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been in church. I've seen wildernesses take people out of church because they just didn't have the stick ability. They did not have, they got, they got what I'm going to say, they got disillusioned. They didn't understand what God was doing. They got disillusioned with the wilderness and they just, they just quit. They, get, they got distraught. Wilderness have the ability, you just get distraught. You just throw your hands up in the air and you say, I quit. I can't take it anymore. I've done all I can. I've done lived for you all these years and I don't know why you're doing this, God. You get distraught. You're playing God. Number three. The dangers of a wilderness. You get distracted. You start looking at this one and you start looking at that one and you start looking. I, I, I don't understand how God's doing it in their life, but He's not doing it in my life. I get distracted looking at everybody else around me. Why is it happening for them and it ain't happening for me? And you're in a The danger of a wilderness is you get distracted. But if you'll do what Bishop T.F. Tenney said, you keep the main thing the main thing. You just got to keep your spirit right. You can't look to the left. You can't look to the right. You can't look behind you. You, you just got to say, you know what? I'm in my own personal experience. I'm in my own wilderness. I'm not getting distracted by everybody else around me. Well, they've been in church this long and they hadn't made it. We get distracted by the most seemingly insignificant thing. If we'll just keep doing what we know to do. Don't worry about nobody else. When I say don't worry, somebody may be doing something. God keeps good records. You know, you don't get distracted by somebody else. Because in your wilderness, the last thing you need to do is get distracted somebody else. The dangers of a wilderness experience. You get angry. You get bitter. You get hardened. You get angry at God. You get bitter at a brother or a sister. Your heart gets hardened. God's trying to reach you. God's trying to teach you in a wilderness how to survive. And 
I'm angry. I'm bitter. I get my heart hard. I'm offended. I got offended. God help us that we could shake the spirit of offense in this last... Do we realize how close we are to the coming of the Lord? And we're going to let a spirit of offense come in in the middle of revival, in the middle of what God's doing. I will never forget what my pastor, Pastor Charles Shear, I was sitting in a leadership meeting with him and he looked at me and he said, Son, don't you ever forget this. Wherever life may take you and whatever you do in ministry, don't ever forget you. this. The wheat and the tear grow together. They grow together. Don't forget it. They grow together. And he said, there's going to be an ingathering and there's going to be a falling away all at the same time. We're going to see the biggest revival. People are going to be coming in at the 11th hour. Going to get the same reward as us that have been here all the time. But at the same time, there's going to be those that get offended. And they fall out. They're deceived at the last hour. They believe a lie and be damned. And the list could go on and on. Hear me, church. Hear me. Don't get angry. Don't get bitter. Don't get hardened. Don't get offended when you're in a wilderness. Don't do it. Your soul's too valuable. Your family's too valuable. Your marriage is too valuable. you got to stay focused. The dangers will get you. You'll get caught up in it. You'll start thinking crazy thoughts. They don't love me. I don't belong here. That's a lie from the pit of hell. Oh. How you know you're surviving in the wilderness and I'm coming to a close. You're going to know you're surviving. And you start seeing the supernatural work of God. God's going to start working a little bit. But you've got to be aware of it. you got to... Every check you get in the mail. Every promotion you get. Don't think you've done it. Well, that was going to come in. Uh-uh, don't, don't lend your thinking to that. Uh, that doctor's report you just thought was going to be a certain way. But you know what? It's not as bad as we thought it was going to be. You start seeing the, that prodigal coming up. Well, they hadn't prayed back through, but they showed up to church. You start seeing a supernatural work of the Holy Ghost. And you begin to recognize, you know what? I'm going to survive this wilderness. When you receive an assurance, that God's going to take care of it. It comes in different shapes, forms, and fashions. God has sent an assurance through His Word. God has sent His assurance through the Word of God through your pastor. You're going to begin to hear things and speak things. Everything's going to be alright. you got an assurance tonight. You're going to make it through this. If you wasn't going to make it through this, He'd have done took you out. We receive an assurance of the power of God every time. We come into this house. Every day that we wake up and open this word, we receive an assurance. Everything's going to be okay. We're surviving the wilderness with an assurance of the faithfulness of our God. Did you know faith, God's faithful? God cannot lie. If God cannot lie, I'm going I'm to put my faith and confidence 
in a God that cannot fail. His faithfulness toward me is true. If His mercies are true every morning, Brother Edwin, I believe tomorrow morning I'm going to wake up with a determination. I got a feeling everything's going to be alright. I've got a feeling everything's going to be alright. I'm walking, through the, I'm walking through the wilderness experience, but I serve a God who's been faithful. And if I'll do what He told the children of Israel, I'm going to keep His commandments. I'm going to obey His Word. I'm not going to serve a strange God. I'm going to remember where my help and where my strength and where my prosperity comes from. If I can do that, you're going to survive the wilderness. You're going to survive the wilderness by a transformation of the renewing of your mind. You've got to renew your mind every day by the Holy Ghost. I've got to renew my mind by the Holy Ghost. I've got to have my prayer time. I've got to have my devotion time. I've got to have my alone time. I've got to have my study time. And I've just got to renew my mind. And I've got to start speaking some things. Well, I just don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know. You got to start speaking faith. We tell our we tell everybody around us where our faith is when we open our mouth. Where's your Where's your faith at? Start talking, and I'll find out. Start talking, and I I can tell you where your faith is. Well, I, I, I just. Start opening your mouth. Start declaring the goodness of the Start declaring, I'm healed. I'm healed by the grace of God. Start declaring something. I'm coming out of this, devil. I'm walking through this. I will survive my wilderness. Stand to your feet all over this house. You're going to become a mature, spirit-filled, Holy Ghost-filled individual. As you survive this wilderness. How do you know why? You're, you're developing the ability to endure. When you develop, develop the ability to endure. You're going to have a fresh revelation and an understanding. That James writes to us in James 1 and 2. Consider it. All joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you encounter various trials. Knowing that the testing. The King James says the trying. The testing of your faith. Produces patient endurance. Verse number four. But letting that patient endurance have a perfect work or full effect so that you, somebody say that's me, shall be perfect or mature and complete, entire in the King James, wanting nothing or lacking in nothing. The wilderness was not sent to destroy you. It was sent to develop you. It was sent to mature you. The two oldest individuals that went in the promised land. 
They escape the penalty of murmuring and complaining. Joshua and Caleb. They were the oldest, they were the oldest dudes going into the promised land. And the only reason that they were exempt, they changed their vocabulary by the time they got back to camp. They changed their report or they decided, I'm not going to go with the, the status quo. I'm not going with the majority. I'm going with the minority that says, yes, there's giants. Yes, there's walled cities. Yes, there's all of these things we're going to have to fight. But if God be for us, who can be against us? If God said we can have it, we can have it. If God said possess, we're going to possess the land. And there will not be anything that we will have need of because we have survived the wilderness. Ooh, I, feel, I, I feel a pursuit coming. I feel a pursuit coming upon this church. A pursuit into the things of God. A pursuit... God's getting ready to transition some of you out of a wilderness experience into a land flowing with milk and honey. I said unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Flowing. Not just a trickle. Not just a little dab of dew. But Brother Weaver, I, I, I prophesy to you tonight. There is a land flowing with milk. You mean that can come following a wilderness experience? You better believe it. If you survive the wilderness, you've stepped into the promised land. If you survive the wilderness, you're in the promises of God. You're walking, living, breathing in what God had prepared for you. Your effectiveness. Brother Cruz, our effectiveness is the body of Christ. Our success is the body of Christ. Depend on our responses while in the wilderness. How I respond, Brother Tim, how I respond now will depend on what happens over here. I can fuss, I can cuss, I can blame God. I can point my finger and say, wow, wow. Or I can do a self-evaluation. I can look at, I wish I had a mirror. I can look at the man in the mirror and I can start saying, you know what, old boy? I'm coming out of this. I ain't dying in this junk right. I will not let these circumstances. I, I'm pulling my boots up. I'm, I'm buckling. And I'm getting a fresh grip on life. I'm looking myself in the mirror and saying, I can do this. I will not yield myself to the dangers of the wilderness. But I'm walking through. I'm stepping out on a word from God. And I'm believing. God's called me. For where he's called me unto. Brother Paul, you, you, you taught a little bit of it on Sunday school. There's dreams some of you've had that hadn't come to pass yet. There's callings in some of your life that hadn't come to fruition yet. There are things going on in the spirit realm. And he's trying to trap you in a wilderness. He's trying to lock you down. And murmuring and complaining. I'm trying to shut this down. Murmuring and complaining killed a whole generation. God help us.
I said, God, help us. That we are not victims of our own demise by the words that we speak and the murmurings and complainings. Well, God, I didn't think you was going to do it that way. Does it really matter? He still did it. I didn't know you were going to use them. Does it matter? He still did it. Well, I, you know what? I'm not getting a spotlight. Well, who cares? It's about the kingdom of God. It's about the righteousness. It's about a lost and a dying world that's going to hell in a handbasket. But we can't get disillusioned. We cannot get distraught. We cannot get angry and bitter and offended. We've got to with patience. We've got to with patience. Take hold. We've got to with patience step on the battlefield and say, you know what? I'm better than this. I'm called for this. I know I'm not old. This year will be 48 years old. I know that's some of you say, I wish I was 48. But I, you know what? I know I've got about 12 good years. About 12 good years. 12. 60 years old. Maybe 62. Maybe 65. Maybe 120. Hey, come on, Moses. Come on, help me. But I start thinking, if I'm going to do something for God, i got to do it now. I've got to start speaking and declaring it now. If I'm going to see 48, my God, I want to give Him my best years. I want to see this church grow. I want to see it fruition. Because I know there's somebody coming behind us. There's people upstairs right now. There's, there's kids in a Sunday school class right now getting taught. I don't want them to trip over my carcass. I don't want them to trip over my carcass going where I should have gone. I don't want them tripping over my carcass and looking at them. My God, why didn't Pastor do Why didn't we believe it? And another generation have to do what we were supposed to do. We can't let another generation do what we're supposed to do. We're part of the generation. If the Word of God be true, we're going to see the coming of the Lord. I want to be a part of the end time harvest. I want to be a part of what God's doing now. I don't want to go and my epitaph be written what might have been. No. How many souls can we baptize this year? How many more can we put in that watery grave? We put two on Easter Sunday morning in the water in Jesus' name. How many more can we put in the water washing away their sins in the name before the end of this year? Are the days of hundred soul revivals over? No. If our church has doubled in about the last nine to ten months, God, I believe we can handle another doubling. I believe we can handle another wave of what you're trying to do. But it's going to take us. It's going to take all of us surviving our own personal wildernesses with a fresh understanding. My wilderness has a purpose. My wilderness has a purpose. Would you lift your hands all over this house?
Father, in the name of Jesus, I come against the spirit of comparison in the name of Jesus. God, you have given people unique talents and abilities and callings that nobody else in this room have. You have given them the ability to do certain things to affect the kingdom of God. And I'm praying right now in their own personal, their own personal wilderness experiences that you will begin to awaken them in the middle of the night and you will begin to rekindle the flame, the passion, the desire for what you put in them. I know it may affect their personal ambitions. I know it will sacrifice their time. I know they may feel uncomfortable beginning. But God, you have put a call on their life. You put a destiny deep within sight of them. And the enemy has tried, has tried his best to limit and tried in the wilderness a disillusionment to come upon the body. God, I will not be distracted. I'm saying it again, church. I will not be distracted in our greatest hour of revival. But God, I'm staying focused. I'm staying focused. I will be among the wheat of the end time harvest. I will not be a tear. I will be a part of the wheat that is gathered up. We will see revival. We will see until the coming of the Lord. People born again of water and spirit. Redeemed by the blood. And God, may we all, this week, with fresh determination, survive our wilderness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.